I was probably around 14 years old, and I am exiting the church this Sunday morning with the family, and I'm just a few feet out from the exit, and I guess I do what some teenagers would do. I got a, a deep spit coming up, and I... And before I could appreciate the arc and the distance, I received the gentlest love tap from my father in the back of my head. And I said, where did that come from? And he said, where did you just come from? The Eucharist, Sean, you still have them. And you just spit them out. I stood there just like silenced, humbled, and recognizing very deserving of that rebuke. Today in the Gospel, Peter gets the mother of all rebukes when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, the mother of all rebukes. Where is that coming from? Well, today's gospel takes off, or takes on, I guess, we have to have you look at it, from where we left off last week. Last week, Peter got it so right when he identifies Jesus as the Messiah. And Jesus says, this isn't human wisdom. This is a divine inspiration. And we change. He changes his name from Simon to Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. That's last week. This week, so last week was this that moment in that encounter where Peter gets his identity right, and then Jesus begins to share with the disciples what his mission is. And that he will have to suffer greatly. He will be killed. And on the third day, he will rise again. Peter, I think, only hears suffer greatly and killed. And then... Peter takes Jesus aside. It's kind of just, see Peter just kind of like trying to strong arm Jesus. Like, come over here. Come over here, Jesus. What is all this talk about? God forbid such a thing. Isn't that something? Peter saying to Jesus, the nerve in Peter, what has gotten hold of Peter that he would be so audacious to say, the audacity to say, God forbid such a thing. I tell you what got hold of him. The rebuke really wasn't to Peter as it much as it was to Satan. Because what, what Peter was speaking, Jesus had heard this line before and he knew where it was coming from. After Jesus was baptized, his identity is revealed there. God's beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Then Jesus goes into the desert. 
And it is there that Satan will test him, will tempt him, will try to break him from who he's supposed to do, what he's supposed to do. And what he's supposed to do, his mission, is deeply connected to his identity. Jesus' name is, means God saves. God saves us from our sins. And how will he do that? Through suffering, through his death, and rising again. And so when Peter steps in and rebukes Jesus and says, God forbid such a thing, he heard the, the voice of the evil one who tempted Jesus in the desert. If you're the son of God, prove it now. Right here and now, turn these stones into bread. Throw yourself down. The angels will catch you. And Jesus never does anything apart from the Father. He says, I speak what the Father wants me to speak. I say and do as the Father commands me. And he knows it's not his time until, and now he's revealing it to his disciples, now we're getting close. And anything that gets in the way of my mission is not from God, it's from the evil one. And thus, Peter experiences the mother of all rebukes. Get behind me, Satan. But then Jesus reveals to them, what does it mean to be my disciple? If you would be my disciple, you must pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. If you want to experience the resurrection, you're going to have to die. Something inside you is going to have to die. And so this is true for all of us. Jesus does, he's the model, he's the example. He goes before us. And for us, how do we die to ourselves? Because I think we all experience resistance to suffering. I know I do. But how is it we're called to die to ourselves? By living for others. Which is another say, by loving others. When we truly love someone, we seek their good over our own. And when you love someone, you want them. You want them to experience more. There's a real grace, and it imitates or it reflects God's love for us. And, you know, God's love for us is revealed to us on the cross where we look at him nailed to the cross and we see that his love is total. He, it's free. He freely lays down his life so that we could have more, so we can know the fullness of life, that we may know eternal life. And so we pray for the grace as we continue with this Mass. Here is God's love poured out for you and me yet again. And not just poured out for, poured out in you and me. And so as we unite ourselves with a sacrifice of love, eternal, we pray, Lord Jesus, change our hearts, change my heart. I want to love those around me as you love me. I want to seek their good. I want to, I want to die to myself and think of others above me. When we do that, we're loving more and more like Jesus. We're becoming his hands. We're becoming his heart. We're becoming his loving presence. 
which is transforming us and preparing us for eternal life. Amen.